So uh, right now I want to invite you uh, to get a Bible. If you have one on your phone, open it up. If you have taken one from the back, great. If you brought your own, better. Uh, so we were, are going to get into God's Word today, as we always do. Vamos a mirar la palabra de Dios. We've been in a series of messages talking about cultivating faith-filled obedience. Estamos hablando de cultivar la obediencia llena de fe. And to get us started today, we're going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Philippian Christians. Philippians chapter 2, which is in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. Filipenses 2. We're going to start by reading the first four verses of that chapter. I'll be reading a little more later. Comenzamos con versículos 1 al 4. And I'll begin this in English first, then we'll read the same thing in Spanish. Voy a comenzar leyendo en inglés y después terminamos leyendo en español. So again, it's, it's amazing what we have in front of us. This is translated into a language we can understand, but these are words from the past, yes, from the early church leader Paul, but they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, these are words that speak now through the power of God. This is the Word of God. Son palabras escritas por Pablo, inspiradas del Espíritu Santo, y son la palabra de Dios. So let's listen attentively as God's Word speaks. Escuchemos. Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Por tanto, si sienten algún estímulo en su unión con Cristo, algún consuelo en su amor, algún compañerismo en el Espíritu, algún afecto entrañable, llénenme de alegría teniendo un mismo parecer, un mismo amor, unidos en alma y pensamiento. No hagan nada por egoísmo o vanidad, más bien con humildad consideren a los demás como superiores a ustedes mismos. Cada uno debe velar no solo por sus propios intereses, sino también por los intereses de los demás. So I'd like to begin this morning by sharing with you a video, and I want to kind of set this up for you. Uh, quiero mostrar un video bien breve. It actually comes from a Christian church in France. Viene de una iglesia en Francia, una iglesia cristiana. And the pastor of this church was preaching on temptation. El pastor hablaba de la tentación. And to illustrate his point, he showed this video to his congregation of his three little grandsons. Mostró este video de sus tres nietos a la congregación. Now, I want to kind of set the scene here. Uh, so the mother of these three little boys puts a plate of candies in front of them. La mamá de sus tres niños les pone un plato de dulces. And her instructions are quite clear. Sus instrucciones son claras. Ne touchez pas, vous attendez à que je reviens. Do not touch, wait until I come back. No talking, esperen hasta que yo regrese. Now, I have to warn you here, what you're about to see shows some scenes of graphic torture. Okay, you just need to be, uh, les advierto que hay, hay escenarios aquí de tortura. So let's, let's see if we can get that video up and take a look. Ça va vous aider. 
Si on peut m'envoyer la vidéo, merci. Alors, ici, il y a des bonbons, ok Donc, je vais partir et vous touchez pas, ok Quand je reviens, vous pouvez manger. Mais d'abord, je vais partir, ok Ok. Vous touchez pas le téléphone aussi, ok donc, vous touchez pas les bonbons, vous attendez que je revienne, ok Attends, je reviens. Touche pas. Non, non, touche pas, touche pas. Attendez, attendez. Ça va vous aider. Si on peut m'envoyer la vidéo, merci. Brutal, brutal, I told you, right? Just terrible torture going on there. Que tortura. I, I share this with you not only because it's super cute, but also because I think it does, in a way, illustrate the idol that we want to get to today. Ilustra un poco el ídolo del que hablamos hoy. Uh, we've been talking about cultivating faith-filled obedience, and we've been looking at different idols that prevent us from obeying God in faith. Estamos mirando ídolos que nos previenen de obedecer al Señor, and the idol that we're talking about today is the idol of comfort. Estamos mirando el ídolo de la comodidad. And when we think about comfort, and you know, in some ways, you know, you could say we're living in a world where we have, uh, like that plate of candies, comfort placed in front of us all the time, right? And, and it's just right there for the taking. Hay comodidades en nuestro alrededor. And so how do we deal with that? Now, there's a number of ways for us to even begin to break down and understand this idol of comfort and how it can be an idol. Uh, the father of psychology, Sigmund Freud, said that uh, there is a tendency, a natural tendency within us as human beings to want to seek out pleasure and avoid pain. Los seres humanos queremos buscar el placer y evitar el dolor, dijo Freud, padre de la psicología. Now, in our world, that's taken a step further. Uh, there's this thing called hedonism, which I think is the unspoken philosophy of many people in our day. El hedonismo, la filosofía del mundo actual. And hedonism takes that natural tendency for us to want to seek pleasure and avoid pain and says, no, it's not just seeking pleasure, it is maximizing pleasure. 
and minimizing pain. In other words, pleasure is the ultimate purpose of life. El hedonismo dice que hay que maximizar el placer y minimizar el dolor. And then we come to this thing called advertising. Después la publicidad. What advertising or marketing does in our world today is that it takes that natural human tendency and it takes hedonism and it desires then to bring to us, to sell us products and services that will entice us to want to increase our pleasure and to reduce our pain. La publicidad quiere mostrarnos productos, vendernos productos para, para así incrementar el placer y minimizar el dolor. And so it's like the, the plate of candies are right there all the time, right within our reach, at our fingertips, beckoning us at all times. I mean, you know what we're talking about here. I can go on and on. We're talking about remote control so you don't have to get up and switch a TV. You, you know, people actually did that. I did that once years ago. Hay controles remotos. There's uh, pain medication so we don't have to deal with, with headaches and toothaches and things like that. Hay el medicamento para el dolor. There is then this thing right beside us all the time. It never leaves my side, probably never leaves your side, but this particular device and everything contained in it, it's like candy, right? It's, it's this comfort that is always with me, and, and we become insecure when it is not with us, when we somehow lose it or misplace it. Uh, este aparato. We get packages coming to our doors, packages with all kinds of gadgets and time-saving devices, but also now restaurant food and groceries and everything under the sun. It comes right to our door. Hay paquetes que nos llegan a la puerta, comestibles, comida de restaurantes, artilugios de todo tipo. It gets to the point where you wonder why even leave the house. This comfort's right there. Why even get off of the couch? ¿Por qué salir de la casa o del sofá? I mean, why even get dressed in the morning when you get up? Because life can be so comfortable. ¿Por qué cambiar de ropa en la mañana? Why not just get up and, you know, go off to Walmart as you are? And some people do, don't they? ¿Por qué no ir a Walmart tal como está uno? Yes, yes. So we have comfort all around us. But the sad reality we need to face is that Seeking comfort for comfort's sake does not bring comfort. Cuando buscas la comodidad por el bien de la comodidad, no trae comodidad. When you make comfort the ultimate, when you make comfort the biggest thing, the most important thing, what you get is not comfort. You get something else. You get enslavement. Cuando la comodidad es la cosa prioritaria, no Llegas a la meta. Comfort for comfort's sake, comfort as an idol, as your God, will bring addiction. It will bring emptiness. It will bring a lack of purpose, a lack of meaning. Trae la comodidad, un vacío, un hueco, falta de significado, adicción, etc. It enslaves us. Think about it. Do you really feel refreshed and alive after eight hours of binge-watching your favorite show on TV? Does that really bring you comfort? Ocho horas y mirar tu programa favorito te trae 
refrescura te refresca. Does that really help you out? How about this? Does taking increasing amounts of painkillers really kill the pain? Or does it just move the pain to a different spot? It often does. Los medicamentos para el dolor no matan el dolor, sino cambian el dolor. How about this? Is your life really that much sweeter because you played a few games of Candy Crush past midnight and you just couldn't stop? Does that really help your life? Hey, ¿Tu vida está más dulce porque juegas en tu teléfono pasando la medianoche? No. There's an addictive aspect to this idol of comfort. Now, the answer, of course, is not hedonism, looking for comfort at all costs. La respuesta no es el hedonismo, buscar la comodidad a todo costo. No. But the answer is not asceticism either. What's asceticism? Asceticism is I'm just not going to have any comforts in life. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to sleep on a bed of nails, you know, or something like that. That doesn't work. You know, no touche pas. That doesn't work. Asceticismo que es no tocar o, no, o, o negarse uno las comodidades. Somewhere we've got to understand this idol of comfort. And I think that the scripture we've read today gives us some insight. I'd like us to look at it. Paul here in verse 1 says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Si sienten algún estímulo en su unión con Cristo, algún consuelo en su amor, algún compañerismo en el espíritu, Lléneme de alegría, teniendo un mismo parecer, un mismo amor, unidos en alma y pensamiento. There are two key words I want to I look at here, and, and those two words are encouragement and comfort. Estímulo y consuelo son dos palabras clave. If you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, any comfort from his love, si sienten algún estímulo en unión con Cristo, consuelo en su amor, uh, the word encouragement and comfort here, they're two different words, but really in this text, they're kind of interchangeable words. When you've got encouragement, you've got comfort. And when you've got comfort, you've got encouragement. El consuelo y estímulo son palabras intercambiables. The Greek word, in the original language of the Bible, the word for encouragement here is the word paraclesis, which as you see there, means to be called alongside. Estimulus paraclesis, que significa llamado al lado. What's that saying? Well, if someone or something is called to be alongside of you, to be right there with you, what's the result of that? The result is encouragement. The result is comfort. Cuando alguien está llamado a tu lado para acompañarte, el resultado es la comodidad, o sea, el consuelo y el estímulo. So Paul here is saying something important. He's saying if you are connected with Jesus Christ, if you're in union with him, that means he is called to be right beside you. He's called to accompany you, and the result of that is encouragement. 
Si estás conectado con Cristo, Él está a tu lado para estimularte. And He is there to, to comfort you with His love. Te trae consuelo de su amor. He's there to bring you a companionship with His very Holy Spirit. Right beside you, su Espíritu Santo está a tu lado para traerte compañerismo. Now, there's an interesting thought because in John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus, when he promised the Holy Spirit, says, I'm going to send to you, get this, a comforter. I'm going to send you an encourager, someone to be at your side. Dijo Jesús en Juan 14, voy a enviarles un consolador para estar a su lado. And the word that is used there is the word parakletos, which is related to paraklesis. The Holy Spirit, in other words, is the one who's called to be alongside of us. El Espíritu es el paracletis, el que está llamado a nuestro lado. And the Holy Spirit then brings us the encouragement of God the Father, the love of Jesus the Son, with us always. That's good news. It trae el consuelo y estímulo de Dios el Padre y el Hijo siempre. And so Paul's saying here, in light of that, If you are experiencing encouragement and comfort from Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit, then here's what you need to do. You need to get together with other people that are experiencing the same thing, and you guys need to get on the same wavelength and walk together, encouraging one another, comforting one another, and doing that to other people. Ustedes tienen que caminar con otros que experimenten lo mismo y estar al lado de ellos. Verse Three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. No haga nada por egoísmo o vanidad, más bien con humildad, consideren a los demás como superiores a ustedes mismos. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you look to the interests of others. Cada uno debe velar no solo por sus propios intereses, sino también por los intereses de los In other words, if you have this sense of Christ being connected with you, he's right beside you, there's encouragement, there's comfort. Si tienen ánimo, estímulo, en Cristo, if you have that, now your life is changed to where your number one in life is to not to go out there and out of selfish ambition try to collect comforts for yourself. You don't need that. Ya no tienes que estar viviendo por egoísmo, buscando la comodidad. Instead, you can look out for the interests of others. You can look out for the comfort of others. You can look for a way to walk alongside of them and do for them what God is doing for you. Puedes buscar cómo acompañar al lado de los otros y traerles el consuelo de Cristo. In fact, if we go on to verse 5 here, Paul says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, the same attitude as Christ Jesus. La actitud de ustedes debe ser como la de Cristo Jesús. And what was Jesus' attitude? What was his mindset? Philippians 2.6 says, being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or something to be used to his own advantage. Siendo por naturaleza, Dios no consideró el ser igual a Dios como algo a que aferrarse. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Se rebajó voluntariamente, tomando la naturaleza de siervo. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Al manifestarse como hombre, se humilló a sí mismo y se hizo obediente hasta la muerte, muerte de cruz. There's a contrast here. Hay un contraste. Paul's saying, don't do anything out of selfishness or, or empty conceit. Don't have empty glory for yourselves. No busquen vanidad o vanagloria para sí mismo. Instead, be like Jesus. Sean como Jesús. Jesus, as the Son of God from all eternity, was surrounded with all of the comforts, all of the privileges, all of the perks of being God Almighty. Jesús estaba rodeado de los beneficios de ser Dios Todopoderoso. He had all the glory. And it wasn't empty glory. It was well-deserved glory. Tenía toda la gloria merecida. And yet, what did he do? He did not consider that something to take advantage of, but rather he emptied himself of that glory, and he took on the nature of a servant, and he became a person like you and me to walk alongside of us. Él se rebajó voluntariamente para caminar con nosotros. And he did not just walk alongside of us for a little bit, as we said last week. He went the extra mile and walked alongside of us to the point of obeying God to death on the cross for you and me. Obedeció a Dios hasta la muerte de cruz. Why did he do that? So that by his resurrection, he could bring us encouragement comfort, forgiveness, eternal life, love at our side, always. Lo hizo por traernos consolación, amor, perdón todo a nuestro lado. Here is the mega truth we need to affirm. And it's the mega truth that really exposes the lie of the idol of comfort. Aquí la mega verdad para exponer la, la mentira del ídolo de la comunidad. The mega truth is this. The risen Lord Jesus Christ is the only lasting comfort in life or in death. El Señor resucitado es el único consuelo eterno en la vida y en la muerte. Think about it. Every other comfort that we might be looking to satisfy ourselves with will not last. It is temporary and it's limited. Cualquier otro consuelo no dura. I think it was during the offering time, I heard it on the song that we were singing. Uh, it, it said, you know, I can sing a song to you, but the song will end. The comfort of singing the song will end, but you won't. La canción termina como hablamos, pero él no. Kirsten and the team sang it so beautifully. Nothing less than you is going to work. It's understanding that powerful truth that can combat the idolatry of comfort. Comprender eso combate el ídolo de la comodidad. And again, we find purpose. We find fulfillment not in looking for our own comfort, but in passing on this incredible gift to other people. 
encontramos propósito al dar esto a otros. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. This is the same Paul who's writing here. And this is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Alabado sea el Dios y Padre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, Padre misericordioso y Dios de toda consolación. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Nos consuela en todas nuestras tribulaciones para que con el mismo consuelo que de Dios hemos recibido, también nosotros podamos consolar a todos los que sufren. In other words, we are given the comfort of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, in order that we may pass on the benefits. True comfort is not going to come from pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain. Won't work. El consuelo no está buscar el placer y evitar el dolor. True comfort comes from recognizing that Jesus Christ is walking right beside us at every moment, whether it's a comfortable moment, whether it's a, 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 an uncomfortable moment, it doesn't matter. He's there. He's with you in the highs and the lows. He's with you in times of grief. He's with you in times of joy. He's with you when you celebrate and when you sob. He's with you when you're hurting and when you're happy. That's your comfort. Jesucristo está ahí. Es estar consciente de Jesús caminando con nosotros en las buenas, las malas, los altibajos de la vida que nos trae. Consuelo. There's a beautiful illustration of this in the Bible. An incredible story that I think really puts it before us. And it's found in Luke chapter 24. Lucas 24, vemos una ilustración de esto. Where we find two people walking with each other from the city of Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. Hay dos discípulos caminando de Jerusalén a Emmaus. It's a city not far away. And as they are walking together on this road, the risen Lord Jesus comes right next to them. Viene a su encuentro el Señor Jesús. He's risen from the dead that very same day. It's Easter Sunday. Ha resucitado los muertos ese mismo día. He comes up right next to them, and they are clueless. They have no idea who he is. No lo reconocen. They don't recognize him. You see, they're thinking too much about the pain they've been through. They're thinking too much about the fact that two days earlier, Jesus, their master, was crucified and, and died in a most brutal way. Están pensando en la crucifixión de Jesús hace dos días. They're thinking too much in the fact that they've heard from other disciples that now his body has turned up missing and nobody knows where it is or where it could have gone. Ahora están tristes porque su cuerpo está perdido y nadie sabe dónde está. They can't see the forest for all of the trees of the discomfort they're going through. And Jesus comes right beside them and he begins to open up the plan of God. 
he begins to open up from the Bible the fact that the Messiah had to suffer and die and then rise again to enter his glory for the great plan of God for all of time and history to be fulfilled. Les abre de las escrituras que Mesías tenía que morir y sufrir y después resucitar y entrar en su gloria. And then there comes this amazing moment where they get to their goal, their destination for the night, and they're sitting down to dinner. Están en la mesa, and Jesus breaks the bread, Jesús parte pan, and the light bulb goes on. They recognize him. Lo reconoce. He's been with them all along. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 31, it says, Then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Entonces se les abrieron los ojos y lo reconocieron, pero él desapareció. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Decían el uno al otro, no ardía nuestro corazón mientras conversaba con nosotros en el camino y nos explicaba las escrituras. That's a significant moment here. And it leads me to a question for all of us this morning. How aware are we that the risen Lord Jesus Christ is right next to us, walking with us always? Are our eyes opened? Is your heart burning from day to day as you walk through life with a sense of Jesus' love, his power, his glory, his purpose, his presence, his goodness right with you always. Estamos conscientes, tenemos un corazón que arde con un sentido de su presencia, poder, bendición, consuelo. Do we have that as a reality in the way that we live? Or are we drowned out by all of the other comforts of life, sucking away that awareness and keeping us from having our eyes open? O estamos inconscientes porque hay tantas comodidades por ahí. You see, as we become more aware of Jesus Christ in our lives, more in tune with his presence, with his person, the other things that we think are comforts, so-called, they fade away. They really can't hold a candle to what Jesus provides. Cuando estamos conscientes de él, las otras comodidades se desvanecen. So I want to ask you, what are those go-to comforts that you seek in your life? You know, the, the thing you just can't do without. If you don't have that, you're going to die. ¿Cuáles son esas comodidades que buscas sin las cuales vas a morir? Is it food? La comida? Now, I'm not talking about food as in it's time to eat dinner. I'm talking about food all the time. Comfort food, we call it, right? La comida, siempre. Is, is it these screens that we have? You know, there are people that hyperventilate when their screen gets away from them more than 10 feet, right? Is it that? Is la pantalla? Is it sex? Not marriage and sex, but sex outside of that. Pornography, promiscuity, 
lust. Es el sexo fuera de matrimonio, la pornografía, la promiscuidad. Is it alcohol, drugs, weed, painkillers, whatever you want to call it, el alcohol, la droga, la marihuana, etc.? Is it leisure time? And you're, you know, you've got, I got to hit the golf course. I got to. If I don't get golf today, I die. Right? Is it sports or hobbies or things like that? Son el ocio o deportes o, is it maybe even work? That's one of the comforts that's the easiest to justify, right? Got to go to work. Got to support the family. Got to do my thing. But it can be a rabbit hole where that's where your comfort comes from. It grows. Now, again, some of these comforts I'm talking about are positive things in their proper place. Algunos, algunas eh, comodidades son, son positivas. Others, maybe not so much, right? But here's the deal. Every single one of these comforts becomes a terrible thing when it becomes the ultimate thing, when it becomes the most important thing. Cualquier comodidad se hace terrible cuando se hace la cosa más importante de la vida. When it becomes an idol, it will leave you cold. Living in faith-filled obedience to Jesus is not about making comfort the goal of life. Let me say that again. Living in faith-filled obedience is not making comfort the goal of life. Your goal of life is not to be comfortable. Your goal of life is not to be happy. Llevar una obediencia llena de fe no es hacer la meta la comunidad. The goal of faith-filled obedience is Jesus. Jesus as my one true comfort, the one that will never leave my side, the one that will always be with me. In the good times, in the bad times, the day I live and the day I die. He's with me, and he will never leave me. Jesús está conmigo el día que, que me muera y sea que yo viva. No importa, está conmigo. That's comfort. So this week I want to ask us, how can you allow Jesus to be in you and with you in your comfortable moments and in your uncomfortable moments. How can you recognize he's there? ¿Cómo pueden reconocer a Jesús en los momentos de comodidad y de incomodidad? Remember I said it's not about asceticism. It's not about saying, ah, you can't have any fun. But how about this? How about today, on the Lord's Day, you take a walk or you sit in your back porch or you're, you're just go to a park and you observe the beauty of the sky and the trees and, and the, the sun and the birds and the flowers. It's springtime after all. And you begin to soak in those comforts and then you realize those point you to the Creator, to God. That's comfort as God meant it to be. A lo mejor buscas o miras el cielo, los árboles, las flores, etc. Y ves que son del Creador. You embrace your family. You have a wonderful family time to, together. And, and it's not 
even particularly what you're doing, but who you get to do it with. And these are gifts from God. How about your uncomfortable moments this week? ¿Qué de los momentos incómodos? Here's one. You're stuck at a red light. How many people like waiting for red lights? I just love it. I think it's a wonderful thing. Not, right? You're stuck at a red light and you're like, let's get going. How about recognizing at that moment that Jesus is in the car right next to you and there's a moment to worship him? A lo mejor reconoces a Jesús a tu lado. Or here's another one. There's this thing that Christians do called fasting. Ay, el ayuno. It's saying for X amount of hours, I am not going to eat because in this time frame, I need to feed on Jesus more than I need a double-double from in and out I need God. It could be your phone. It could be anything. I need to get in touch with the encouragement of Christ in my life more than I need to check out my social media feed. Yo necesito a Dios más que comida o, o, o los medios sociales y voy a ayunar. And I'm going to fast. Because then when I come back to these things, I realize how much God's in them. And then finally, there's what we talked about last week and what this has talked about. How can you and I, this is the challenge, how can we be vigilant and looking for opportunities this week to get right next to somebody else and share with them, truly share in their sorrow or share in their joy and give them, share with them the comfort you have received in Christ. Pass it on. And the more we pass on the comfort of Christ, the more we actually experience it. ¿Cómo podemos pasar el consuelo de Cristo a otra persona? Who is that? that you can bring that comfort to this week. Here's something I think I can say is true. I believe it. There is no pain you or I will experience this week that is greater than the pain that Jesus went through on the cross for you and me. No hay ningún dolor que podamos experimentar que sea más profundo que el dolor de Jesús en la cruz. But the reverse is also true. There is absolutely no comfort you or I can experience this week that is greater, longer lasting, and more profound than the comfort of Jesus Christ at our side. No hay ningún consuelo, ninguna comodidad más grande que el de Cristo a nuestro lado. So let's look for comfort this week. Let's look for it. Busquemos la comodidad, but let it be Jesus that we're looking for. Que sea Jesús que busquemos. Please pray with me. Let's pray. Vamos a orar. Lord, this is uh, much food for thought. We live in a society where our biggest problem seems to be that our coffee order came out wrong or something like that. Sometimes we complain about things that are nothing. A veces nos quejamos de problemas que no son nada.
we pray that you would increase our desire for you. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. As we enter into the season of Pentecost starting next week, we recognize that you have given us the ultimate comfort in your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Gracias por el consuelo de tu Espíritu Santo. Thank you that this day we walk with the comfort of Christ if we have trusted in him, if we have determined to leave the all, all the other comforts behind. Thank you that the day each one of us leaves this earth, and that day will come for each one of us, might be sooner, might be later, but the day that we leave, the one thing we can step into eternity with is the comfort of Jesus Christ with us. Gracias que el día que muramos podemos morir con la comodidad y el consuelo de Jesucristo con nosotros. That's an encouragement. Teach us then to share with others how to live in the light of that comfort. Help us, each one of us, to be beside somebody this week, to be a shoulder to cry on, to be a friend, and most of all, to be a witness of the truth and the reality of Jesus. Que podamos ser un amigo y acompañar a alguien esta semana con un testimonio de Jesucristo en nuestra vida. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Gracias, Señor. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. Some 400 years ago, some Christians looked at Scripture and they put together some curriculum called the Heidelberg Catechism. And the very first question and answer in this instructional material is based on the Bible. And it asks a powerful question. Vamos a recitar esta pregunta del Catecismo de Heidelberg. I want to invite you to read it with me. We'll read it in English and then in Spanish. Vamos a leer esto en inglés y en español. And this, I want to encourage you to make this your profession of faith, if you can believe this. Profess this with your heart. Que lo profesen con su corazón. Let's read together. What is your only comfort in life and in death? ¿Cuál es tu único consuelo, tanto en la vida como en la muerte? Here's the answer. That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Que yo con cuerpo y alma, can we go back a little bit? There we go. Que yo con cuerpo y alma, tanto en la vida como en la muerte, no me pertenezco a mí mismo, sino a mi fiel Salvador, Jesucristo. Let's go forward. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Me libró del poder del diablo, satisfaciendo enteramente con su preciosa sangre por todos mis pecados. Y me guarda de tal manera que sin la voluntad de mi Padre Celestial, ni un solo cabello de mi cabeza puede caer. De hecho, es necesario que todas las cosas sirvan para mi salvación. Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Por eso también me asegura por su Espíritu Santo la vida eterna 
y me hace pronto y aparejado para vivir de ahora en adelante según su santa voluntad. Let's sing to the Lord. Cantemos al Señor.